0: okay you guys today i have a very fun episode for you and i'm here with two of my sisters so i have seven incredible sisters and these two are currently pregnant with me and yes um caroline is in her first trimester kyla's in her second trimester and i am wrapping up my third trimester any day here and so i thought it would be fun timing to just pop on who knows when this is going to happen again and kind of talk about pregnancy postpartum big families having a lot of kids our um, vision for family size and you guys can get a different perspective than just mine because I'm the oldest of our family Kyla second and then Caroline smack dab in the middle and so I'm excited to hear um, everybody's different different responses to some of these questions and I'm getting really excited actually to hear from my sisters.
1: But now that we're a family podcast So
0: before we dive in, Kyla we'll start with you because we'll just do everything in age order. Um can Hi, you inter- <laughs> could you introduce yourself, just kind of say what life looks like for you right now, how long you've been married, your kiddos, all that stuff
1: yeah so really excited to be here and when katie had this idea i was like i'm in i'm in let's do it so i live in kentucky with my husband adam we live in lexington and we have two children ages three and one and a half and then the one on the way um and we've been married for just under five years um we are fifth anniversary is coming up in december and I'm a stay at home mama overall. I do a little work from home, but other than that, I am full time with the kiddos, which means we do a lot of time at the library and the park and, you know, all the toddler things. So that's what life looks like for me right now. Um, yeah, that's like a basic. I'm 27.
0: Kyla's 27. Yes. And she's a huge help. Some of you guys might know her, um, from now that I'm a mother health, she manages and runs that. And so that's a Big, big blessing for me. And how many weeks pregnant are you right now, Kai?
1: I am 16 weeks pregnant.
0: Yes. 16. Nice. So she's out of the woods a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm the one that's like super happy to be pregnant right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm like over it. And then we have Caroline over here trying to still keep it together. So, Caroline, introduce yourself to us.
1: Yeah. So I'm Caroline Tolpin and I'm 22 and I live in Eagle, Idaho, just outside of Boise, so I'm the southern part of Katy State, <laughs> down at the other end. And I have a nine-month-old baby girl, and I am eight weeks along, I think. I have my first ultrasound and wife appointment next week, but I believe we're eight weeks along. Um, I'm also a stay-at-home mama, so I love just homemaking. I love organizing my house. Clean spaces are like my thing, um, but hanging out with Quincy, she's a ton of fun. And other than that, I have a like home-based business as well, just like all my lovely sisters here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Caroline crushes it as a team leader. She is like my hero when it comes to leading people and teams. Um, and you do that with Monet, right? You've done that for a few years.
1: I do. I do. Yeah. We're going on three years. Oh, and Austin and I have been married. I think like 19 months, 20 months. I don't know. A year and a half? <laughs> yeah, so we have a young gun
0: here. And um, yeah, I'm just so proud of Caroline. And it's crazy you're 22 and just all that you guys have already done. It's just amazing. So, okay, so I want to ask you guys, maybe Caroline will start with you. Uh, did you want a big family growing up? And this is a question that. I'm I'm genuinely curious about, we grew up in a family of 11 kids. And was that something that was appealing to you or were you like, nah, no, don't wanna repeat this?
1: I think I always wanted a lot of kids ever since I was little. My goal was, well, not my goal. My like dream, I always said when I was little before I had my first kid. I want 20 kids. I was extremist. Yes, way over the top when I was younger. But I always really wanted a lot of kids. I nannied a ton through my like teen years. I always loved being with kids. Um, If there was a baby in the room, I most likely wanted to hold it. Um, So I think for me, I always wanted a big family. And that was something that I still want to this day. And why why do you think that is? i loved growing up in a big family just because you always had like a support group which was awesome for me i'm a very social person too so i never want to be alone like that's never my desire my poor husband is like i need some space every now and again and i'm like no just come here with me i'm very social i'm very interactive i need people in my life and so for me that was really fun just i think more because of my personality than anything um, and then on top of that, I mean, obviously every time a new sibling was born, it was like getting to grow up with them, see their personality, help them with different things. I always just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So that's cool. And then what about you, Kyla? Yeah, I always wanted a big family growing up too. And I, I did was not like Caroline where I just loved all the babies and like was always wanting to babysit. That was actually like number 4,000 on list of things I could ever love to do. But I really did love growing up in a big family and having all the relationships um, of siblings. We had like a super strong family culture and it felt like nothing could shake us or stop us. Like we really had a posse and we had so much fun together. No matter we were working hard, no matter what our living situation was, we were just in it together. And we were making memories and life felt so rich and full. Um, So I wanted I want that experience for my children too, to be able to just get to bump shoulders with lots of different personalities. And I think siblings can be best friends. And when they are, it really is like the greatest gift. I, I feel that way. I'm so grateful that my parents, you know, our parents rather, <laughs> um, gave us the gift of siblings. Cause to this day, it's of like the most fulfilling relationships in my life. So I did and do currently.
0: Yeah. So that hasn't changed since having kids.
1: No.
0: <laughs> okay, that's good. What well, Okay, so what were your husband's thoughts about that going um back to you Caroline. You're married to Austin. Austin, I kind of joke that there's like name brand families in the big family space. We've kind of all joked about that, but the Tolpins are one of those families where people know about them. And so, he came from a big family, you came from a big family. Uh, what was that? Did you guys have a conversation about how many kids you wanted or was he, did you just both assume that you were going to have a lot?
1: I think for a while, I just assumed that we were going to have a lot. Like when we were dating, I didn't feel the need to necessarily talk to Austin about how many kids. Cause I was like, you know, he's second of oldest in nine. I don't know. I just kind of assumed. And then I think when we got engaged, I finally was like, do you have a number of like kids you want? Um, which is kind of funny that I waited till after I said I was going to marry him. (laughs) Not that it would have been a real make it or break it for me because I knew I wanted to end up with him. But like, I don't know. I think eventually we talked about it and he's like, no, I've never had a number. And he's like, I just see kids as a blessing. So in his mind, he's like, why would I want to ever limit my blessings? So long as like you're healthy and you're able to have kids. He's like, let's just leave it in the Lord's hands. But what's crazy is we re-kind of visited the conversation after we had Quincy only because we could have potentially had our kids like nine months apart and that was a little concerning to him because he was like whoa we already have a baby he kind of saw me go through a really long postpartum healing process and he was like maybe we should revisit this like do we want to space him out are we gonna actually plan this um and it took him around two weeks i kind of just left it in his court because i was like i'm comfortable with it but like you you make the decision um and he took like two weeks to just like pray about it think about it and then he came back and was like, okay, I feel fine with whatever the Lord gives us. So, so long as you feel healthy and okay to carry another baby, let's just not worry about it and let's just see what the Lord brings. So that was something that we kind of revisited after our first more seriously, I guess, as far as how close together we wanted our kids. Not that we didn't want a lot of kids, but I guess it's the timing of them all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And that's something to like, always, I feel like that's an ongoing discussion with with yeah. couples. And I mean, that was a big deal for Austin too, because how old was he when Quincy was born?
1: He was 18 still. No, 19.
0: He had, so just, you, turned 19. He had just turned 19 when you had your first. Yeah. So yeah. that's a lot for a guy in his teens too, to be taking on a wife yeah. and a baby
1: all at yeah. one time. I know. In some aspects, I feel like Austin went just from being a big brother because my youngest brother-in-law just turned two, and so I feel like he just went from you know like big brother. We had a three-month-old um, brother at our wedding, you know, and then nine months later we have our baby. So it was a kind of a smooth transition, honestly, for him though, because he's he has always loved kids, and surprisingly, Austin does really well with babies. Like he was he was always the littles' favorite, and till this day, when we go over to his family's house. All of his little brothers just absolutely adore him. So he stepped into that role very comfortably, I feel like, not having had any break in between like holding younger brother to then holding his own child.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. That's so sweet though. What
1: about you, Kylo, with Adam? Yeah, so he's one of six kids. Um, so a bigger family as well. And Uh, I think when we first talked about it, when we were dating, he was like, yeah, I want four kids. I was like, okay, like we can work with that. Um, And then it, by the time we got married, I think he was pretty, he's been super gung ho. I think even more so he's like, let's have kids right off the bat. And then um, after our first, he's like, this is the best thing I've ever gotten to experience. And he is truly good with kids. So um, our babies naturally seem to come at kind of a A pace that's really, really doable. So we haven't really talked all that much about it since then, um, because we only have the two, and we've always said that that's an open conversation where we feel like, like you said, with multiples, like we're just gonna talk about it in the season we're in and pray about it and see how the Lord has us. Um, and then I also feel like we never want to take for granted that we will be able to have any number of kids, you know, or that any closeness or whatever. As much as we can affect it to some degree i think we've always i realized after getting married and having a lot of family members and siblings not siblings friends that couldn't have children or not as many as they wanted maybe or in the cadence they wanted just not to take it for granted so we definitely left that kind of as an open conversation but we both love our children to death and he is a great father Um, and i think he's open to as many as, yeah, kind of like Caroline said, as long as I'm healthy and it feels like we're taking good care of them and able to like, I don't know. Yeah, we don't have a number though.
0: Hey, you guys, I just wanted to tell you real quick about my homeschooling course, Homeschooling the First Three Years. It's all about laying a foundation of joy and confidence and fun and simplified homeschool in your home. So if you're in a place where maybe you're considering homeschooling your kiddos in the next few years, then this course is for you. It's gonna break down not only what we do for homeschool and our family and what we've done for the first three years in homeschool, but it's also going to show you exactly how that looks. So I'm going to take a camera around with me vlog style and show you how does it look to homeschool with a baby? How does it look to homeschool with a toddler? How does it look to homeschool multiple grades at one time? How do you navigate um, different learning tendencies? How do you navigate your learning style as a teacher? And how do you motivate children and get them to love learning? I love homeschooling my kids. One of my favorite things that I get to do with them each day. And it's something that I want you to love doing with your children as well well. So if you look down in the description box, you will be able to find a discount code where you can get a discount off of homeschool the first three years. And I really hope that it blesses your home. Yeah, no, I, I when I think of Adam, I just think of people like Adam is such a people person and the Van Wiegerden family, he's one of six kids, but then there's like, hundreds of cousins like there's just tons like there's just Van Wingerdens everywhere
1: <laughs> and so <laughs> My dad was one of 16 and 12 of them were boys so there are a lot of Van Wingerdens that last name is carrying on strong <laughs> wow
0: yeah that is crazy that's just like when i think of the Van Wingerdens it's like this larger than life clan so a
1: multitude
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool to be able to be a part of so for none of our husbands or for us it was like a shock. I guess the, we're all pretty used to on both sides, the sheer quantity of numbers and relationships. And we have all had good experiences. Mm -hmm. I think I could say, which is pretty, pretty rare (laughs) Um, in the family space in general. Okay. So what's been the hardest part Kyla for you with pregnancy and postpartum has anything like caught you off guard? Cause obviously we watched our mom give birth a lot of times. She had 11 kids and we watched like half of those. Um, as far as like you and I were old enough to be aware of at least half of them being born. So did she make it look too easy and something like took you off guard or did you have a different experience than what you
1: thought? Um, so I think postpartum, I feel like for pregnancy, I had pretty good expectations. I feel like But I'm also really blessed to have fairly easy pregnancies. So I think she made it look easy and I felt like it's not been too difficult. Um, but I know I'm just really fortunate and same with my deliveries, like they haven't been complicated or long. So I kind of did get off easy. Um, but postpartum, I felt like she made it look easier than it was. That was probably what caught me by surprise. And the hardest thing is a vanity thing because while I nurse, I don't lose the last 10 pounds. And I tried to nurse for a year. So, mommy said it was the same with her, and that's where I'm like, I didn't ever see you having a hard time with this, and yet that is the hardest thing for me about being pregnant or having another child is knowing that I'm signing up for a year where I just don't really feel like myself. Um, and that sounds silly, but I'm fairly like <laughs> fitness and health oriented, so for me to feel like chubby B- <laughs> for a year is like not my favorite thing. It's the hardest thing, but if you, I mean, that's the hardest thing. I have it pretty good. So I don't know. That's really the only thing that, um, that's like the biggest challenge for me thus far. And mommy's like, Oh, it was the same for me. And I was like, I never saw that. And, um, probably, I think that's probably good. I don't know that I want my, I want to change my attitude about that and be a little more embracing of it. Um, now that it's happened the last couple of times, I'm like, you know what, I just want to embrace this like mommy did so my kids don't think that i'm like dissatisfied with my appearance you know i think that's probably something i don't want to let on about so
0: yeah i really admire mommy in that aspect because that was something that our mom did she never had a scale in the house and she just said you guys need to move your bodies work out and eat well and that was her mantra and it was never about weight And it's funny because I feel like all of us, I feel like that's something that's taken all of us off guard is just weight being a thing for women and like an insecurity and gaining weight and losing weight with the babies and all that, because that was not something that was talked about in our home. And I really appreciate that because mama had eight of us and the more common I see like, um, I guess now as an adult, I'm starting to become aware of how many women have struggled with eating disorders and stuff like that. And that was just like, not our struggle growing up because it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Like there was no emphasis placed on that. And now almost I'm having to go through and be like, okay, like what's my philosophy on this. And cause I don't want Lucy hearing me talk about my
1: weight all the time. And I don't know, I really admire that. Yeah, I do too, for sure. And it's been something that Adam and I have talked about of like, and then I think I've just taken as my own of like, he's so welcoming of it. Like it just doesn't matter. um, But for me, I'm like, I really do want to take that on. I think the first time I was like, is this really what happens? And the second time I'm like, what if I never lose the weight? And then now this happened twice. I'm like, this is the way it is. Okay, let's embrace it. Like, So we'll see how my attitude goes this time around, but I'm already mentally preparing um, because I do want to be a person where it's just about so much more than that. And for my like for my children's sake, in a big way. So,
0: yeah, and I do, I do really respect that the entire year you eat so well and you work out every day, and then it's so funny because I think you look great the entire time, right? It's all subjective. Like we can tell when extra weight's on us because you look fantastic, and I never think you have extra weight on you, and then it's like overnight you just drop, and, and it's like everyone's asking Kyla, what are you doing different? You must really be working out. She's like, I'm doing the exact same thing I've done for a year.
1: No, it's always hard when they're like, wow, you really admire how, like, you started putting the work in. And I'm like, thanks. Like, I've had people come up to me and tell me that. And I'm like, if only you knew. Like, I can't, this is something I can't control. <laughs> I was working the whole time. Uh, but no, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's like, and everybody's their own worst critic. So it's definitely yeah. just it. Personal thing. I think I'm healthy the whole time too.
0: Well, and yeah, that's the thing. It's like you're keeping up your health. And that is what in the long term is the most important. Um, you look beautiful too the whole time. Thank Genuinely. You. <laughs> Genuinely, I think that. Okay. Uh, Caroline, what about you? Was there an aspect of pregnancy or labor or postpartum that really took you off guard? Or more than
1: one? First, first trimester for sure did because I didn't, I didn't know what I'd get. Like I had seen two older sisters and I had seen my mom go through first trimester several times. And she was like, you know, through one time with all 11 of us or something like that. When I asked her, I was like, how is that the case? Um, and then you guys, I just, I wasn't really around you guys in your first trimester majorly. I was when Katie had Leon and Lucy, but you guys just seemed to make it look, really simple. It didn't look very difficult from what I was seeing. I'm sure, you know, when you're waking up nauseous, you feel it. Um, but that was something that majorly took me off guard because with Quincy, I was um, you know, throwing up like 10 to 14 times a day, like all the time, nonstop. And so I felt super dehydrated and like just fatigued. Like in the first trimester, if you were to ask me if I wanted to have more kids, there were times where I probably would have looked at you and been like, no, I can't go through this again. Um and it lasted till around 17 weeks. So I went really long with morning sickness, which was really difficult. Um but after I got through first trimester, second and third was great. It was super awesome. I got all my energy back. I wasn't like married to the toilet, which was such a blessing. Um and then labor not nothing really took me that off guard besides the fact that I didn't know what I would deal with, right? You, I feel like with pregnancy and postpartum, you kind of reach in a bag and pull out some random symptoms and you don't really know what you're like. And so having seen Kyla and Katie, quite frankly, these women made labor sound too easy. And then I watched my mom's last labor and I was like, Cordelia was too easy. And I was like, oh my word. So when I went through it, labor wasn't so much so hard. Quincy came in four hours. It was a really quick, smooth delivery. But the aftermath of, Not knowing how to push correctly, I had, I mean, she blew right out very quickly and tore me open in three different directions. And so having to get stitches afterwards, like I wasn't mentally prepared to tear because mommy only tore, I guess, with Katie. And I didn't even ever hear about that until after I had torn and she's like, oh, I tore once and had to get stitches. And I was like, I didn't even know that. Um, and then Kyle and Katie, to my knowledge, have never torn. And so I was just like, Oh, I'm probably gonna be like my sisters like this will be great. And then I dealt with hemorrhoids, which my mom dealt with and tearing and so my recovery was kind of longer. And there was a definite like it wasn't just soreness at that point, it was like legit 24 hour pain for several weeks afterwards and then the stitches were like two months of just constant itching and itching is like the worst thing ever I was like I can't deal with the itching so that was kind of difficult for me I wasn't prepared to go you know still be feeling discomfort at two months um but you know that's what it was and I definitely think I learned some things because I had lots of conversations with my mom afterwards and I'm actually really excited to give birth again because I think through conversations with her, I've learned some things that are going to be beneficial when going through the process again, um, as far as going through birth smoother so that I heal faster. So that was kind of, uh, just difficult. And then I think the time of year that I had Quincy was also kind of difficult for me because I went into the winter with an infant and having done that, we were inside a lot. Cause it's just super cold. I didn't want to take her outside and get her, you know, sick for like long periods of time. Um, And so because of that, it was a little tough because I started definitely like stress eating or not stress eating, just like I'm in my house all day. These are my four walls. And I'm just here with a baby that's like sleeping or eating. So was not a super healthy time for me. Put on a lot more weight after having Quincy. Actually, I didn't go down at all. Um, And then I was like, okay, well Kyla just says like after your milk supply or after you're done nursing like you'll just drop weight. And then at four months, I was no longer able to keep nursing Quincy, um, which I was hoping to go a lot longer, but my milk supply just did not hold up. Um, And so I was like, well, I'm still not dropping weight and I'm still gaining. But I was like, you know, in January is when this happened. So Kyla actually was a major help to me in my getting the baby weight off. Um, And I didn't, I still haven't lost all of it, but I think through this pregnancy, I'll be able to you know, having done it once, I'm realizing how important it is to stay on the forefront of some of this stuff and stay more active. I was active with Quincy during my pregnancy. Um, but I wasn't really like thinking about how I'm going to heal and coming up with like a mental strategy of how I'm going to after the baby, you know? Um, and so Kyla came in and was like, (laughs) realized that I needed some help because I didn't deal with initial, like any postpartum depression, but after a time through the middle of the winter, I was getting like really down. Um, just because I was just like any of my sisters, like could eat kind of whatever I wanted growing up, didn't ever really struggle with weight. I wasn't ever one of the sisters that loved working out. So that wasn't necessarily a habit in my life, but I didn't need to per se, because I just, I didn't put on weight ever. And so having gained weight and I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, So it was super beneficial to have older sisters that came and helped me, supported me, got my morale back up. (laughs) Also mommy, they did so many fun like challenges, whether that was working out, whether that was being more conscious of what I was putting in my body. Um, And so it has, a lot of it has come back off. and, And I think too, having talked to mommy about like, and even Kyla just not being so concerned about the number on the scale, so much as like, how do I feel? Am I feeling healthy? Are the inches coming off? Because some of me, I've kind of plateaued as far as like weight loss, but I'm like, I'm still losing inches. And that's what I want. You know, I'm like, so long as I can get my, you know, waist toned and my arms back and everything. So I think I had to shift mentally to like not getting on my scale because we do have one um, and be like, you know what, I'm just going to use a tape measure instead because it's a lot more satisfying um, to see progress that way. And that's where I've continued to see progress versus numbers because numbers were getting really discouraging. So that's kind of been my whole process. And then going into the second pregnancy, I actually am losing weight because I'm throwing up quite a bit still. Um, and so I'm not necessarily mad about it because I'm like, well, maybe this will finish off the rest of my weight gain and then, or weight loss, and then I'll keep gaining again. But yeah, it's been a journey for sure. A few things took me off guard for sure. I'm, oh, yeah. Not prepared. <laughs> Especially
0: with that first one. And I do think it's so cool. I feel like we all had this moment because I was it, at the winter extravaganza, which was like our big get together where our entire family got together. And Kyla was like in the prime of her life. So she was ready to lead a like health boot camp. But I was 20 weeks pregnant and had just gotten on the scale and was, um, as heavy as I'd weighed when I delivered my last two. And I'm like, I am halfway. It was kind of the same thing. It's like middle winter. I'm just sitting around eating all the time. And, um, Caroline was kind of in a crisis and it was just, we all really got on it after that (laughs) with the positive peer pressure.
1: No, it's great. It's great to have people that are building you up and, you know, having sisters, it's a lot more I don't know, sometimes my mom, to be perfectly honest, mama doesn't remember everything. It feels like, because sometimes I'll talk to her and she's like, it wasn't even that bad. And I'm like, but do you remember how varicose veins felt? And like all this stuff, and she's like, it's yeah, painful, but like, you know, it's so far in the past, cause 40 is 11, but like talking to you girls, it's very much a season that you're walking through something that you're fresh. And it's helpful to have people that can like, both relate to you and then give you ideas of how to proceed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that that positive support is awesome. And I've been so grateful for that, too, at different times in life. Uh, what would you OK? What's I would be curious to hear from both of you. What's your b- biggest concern or what are you most worry about when it comes to having a lot of kids potentially? Right. Like right now, we're all in the beginning stages of our families in regards to all our kids are pretty young, but something that elisha and i are always kind of talking about are what are like pitfalls or things that we can foresee happening or things that we maybe saw happened that we want to be aware of on the front end when it comes to our kits
1: um i would say that making sure uh like no one gets overlooked in any season so i think it's like throughout i don't think I think it can happen over the course of like life is long. It really isn't that long, but when you have that many children in your house for so many years, um, making sure that throughout all the different seasons, kind of, that all of them are getting a touch and they're getting their needs met on an individual level is something that I'm like, that's a little bit daunting and is a concern because I really want them to have a great experience growing up like I did, as far as having a lot of siblings and I never want them to feel like they're raising their siblings. So like also balancing that out. also I'm like, okay, I'm kind of the person who likes to do it all myself. So making sure that I like teach my children and let them have the reins on things and let go of res- whether it's responsibilities or freedoms or whatever, I can tend to be like a little more tight and wanting to do it all myself or know everything that's going on. Um, so like that dynamic of letting go, but keeping close enough, like, I feel like I'm really grateful for Adam and that we have other people that can counsel us because I don't know why looking ahead. That's, what's daunting to me is like that, how you, how you let go and when and like transitioning them through different seasons of life, that feels pretty daunting. And then the last thing would be making sure that I'm as consistent with the older ones, like with the younger ones, as much as the older ones, because obviously the dynamic changes and they won't be raised in the same environment. Um, we've seen that in our family, I think in any, or like the vote family, any family that has that age gap, like the younger kids are not going to be raised the same way as the older kids, nor should they probably be. It's just impossible, but just making sure that the faithfulness and the intention that we have right now with our littles will still be there when we are maybe doing it for like, you know, the sixth, seventh, I don't know how many times that there's still that like intention and that we don't let off teaching them the basics and making sure our heart is in training them just maybe even though it will look differently to kind of have the same sort of values passed on to them so those are kind of like three different things that i'm like uh, <laughs> they're all small now we don't have to worry about it but we'll take it as it comes and you know pray And i'm sure the lord will give us grace as we go but
0: yeah, those are all really big things. And when you're talking about um letting go, do you mean like letting go responsibility wise as far as like having them do things for themselves or letting go as far as like the teen years letting go of,
1: you know, like I opening up
0: more opportunities to them? Or
1: Yeah, I kind of think it's both, but I think it's more so like the teen years. I would say like when it's starting to let people go like outside the realm or like seeing then make bad decisions, but knowing they need to make them kind of like that, where like you have to be like, okay, like I'm going to let you have this, even though you may or may not be ready for it. Like that to me is scary for some reason. Oh Um, yeah,
0: totally. I mean, I I, think it's scary for every parent. We're like a decade away from it and it's still scary.
1: Yeah. So I think that's probably as far as responsibility, I think I do lean towards wanting to do stuff myself. And so already I'm like, my three-year-old should be doing chores. Like I took me reading a parenting book to think of that, of like, yeah, she should be helping. Like she should contribute. I don't need to do it all. Like anyway, so balancing that too, but not so much. That is a concern.
0: Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. What about you, Caroline?
1: I feel like Kyla hit the nail on the head on a lot of things that I've had in my mind. Um, but I think something else is like, um, learning my children's love languages or understanding them on a very like, I know how to love each one of my children. That seems kind of scary to me because I feel like for a long time, even as I was growing up, I didn't feel like quality time was like necessarily understood how important it was to me. And I'm like, I want to know if, you know, my kid is a gift or so like really reading into my children and learning their hearts um, is something that I want to do, but it's also like, what if I get it wrong, you know? And of course, any love is going to be received by kids. They, they want to love you and be your best friend, but That's something that I really want to do well. And it's a little overwhelming because I'm like, if you have so many different personalities spread in different age ranges, you know, and transitioning with them as they transition from like, you know, needing the cuddles to maybe needing a little bit more space, but maybe, you know, I feel like it sometimes changes with kids too growing up. And so trying to hit those spots where they need them um, to always make them feel important and loved and seen is kind of, is overwhelming. And then I feel like for me, honestly, embracing different seasons of like, maybe everything isn't as clean and pristine is going to be kind of rough for me. Cause even when I was a nanny, it was like, okay, I'm going to be cleaning up this mess. You guys can sit in this corner and make this mess. You know, I still wanted to like constantly keep things tidy or like picked up. And sometimes I was like, I really just need to like be in the moment with, and even so more so with my kids be in the moment with them enjoy making the mess and then enjoy cleaning it up afterwards and being okay with things, not being, you know, you take a crayon out, you put the crayon back. Cause I can be a little like that. And I'm like, you know, it's okay if the crayons are out for like an hour, it's not going to kill me. But I think that's something that's actually hard and is something that I'm going to have to learn how to be okay with everything, not being the way I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Caroline was like the dream
0: nanny because the mom would come home and her house would be spotless and the kids would have been watched. (laughs) It's like, how nice is that? Oh yeah, it organized your pantry too while I was here. Uh, But yeah, that could be a major strength too. Like you knowing that obviously there's a tendency to put uh, the house organization or all these things before our kids. Like I think we all have something that it's a tendency to put before our kids. Like for me, it might be like productivity or you know what I'm saying? Like there's just something um the list. It's like I'll get the list done. But um I do think it can be I, I do think it's a huge strength of yours too. And you're gonna come up with great systems and I'm going to enjoy continuing to learn from you and your nicely organized home. I do want to ask you specifically, Caroline, because you were a middle child. Middle children have a special place in my heart because I had a great experience as an oldest child and so and i just have no fears for my oldest son i mean <laughs> i have some but they are not that he is going to be overlooked he demands attention uh, but what are some things that what was the hardest thing about being a middle child because i feel
1: like that's something that i you know i have zero experience with yeah i think for me being the cutoff was really hard Um, because it was like the three older sisters. And then there was that brother on top of it. So it was like, it wasn't just consecutive girls, or I feel like I would have been maybe brought in with more things, or I don't know, maybe like been allowed to do a few more things, but there was that different, like three and a half year age gap in between Kelsey and I, and there was Baylor right there. And so Baylor was always like sent for protection (laughs) with the three sisters that were old enough to go do whatever it was. And then I was like, you know, had to stay from like events or certain things like that. And I really struggled with having a good attitude and choosing to be a leader of the littles in those moments because I was so like bemoaning my own not getting to go with the olders. And that was something that I think I personally had to learn that was very difficult for me. And I feel like it was for a while that my parents weren't necessarily realizing that I was struggling as hard as I was. And then they were like, okay, this is becoming an issue. And daddy kind of like specifically would, take me under his wing a little bit. Every time there was like that, the olders are leaving and you're staying sort of a thing. And it was really cool when he started doing that. Cause that's when I started to feel like a change in my attitude and the way I was looking at being left behind um, and how I could maximize the moments where I was at home with my siblings and not waste them, um, you know, having a bad attitude or not wanting to enjoy my younger siblings. Um, but that was something that was difficult, especially because I'm like, I want to be at the, every party, you know, I was the people person. and So to stay home was very rough. Um, and I think I needed that special attention from my parents during that time to kind of like instruct, both instruct me on how to have a good attitude and come alongside me, but also give me creative ideas for like how to maximize being home with the littles, you know, and making it fun for me. And when daddy started doing that, I, I literally remember the, co- the one conversation we had and it started shifting every time you guys would leave and it progressively just got better and better where I was like quicker at returning to joy when disappointing moments would happen. Um, but I think that was something that was, that was kind of hard. Um, Yeah, probably the biggest thing actually for me as a middle child.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think of that. It wasn't so much like being overlooked because again, you were one of those people that would let people know that you needed attention. (laughs) (laughs) So different personalities, maybe Kimmy would maybe feel more like that was her thing because she was in the middle with you. She was a lot more quiet. And so she didn't, she wasn't like, Hey guys, listen up. I need some love over here. Um, but for you, that, that cutoff and in a big family, there's always going to be a cutoff because you can't just send the next kid along that wants to go if it's not an age appropriate option or, or if the older kids that are going aren't prepared with the maturity level to be able to keep an eye on the younger one either. So, which I mean, I don't think I was, (laughs) I wasn't going to be like (laughs) checking in on you. (laughs) so wow yeah that's a good thing to keep in mind and just like anything in life daddy and mama did a really good job when they took something away eventually putting something in and that's what i'm hearing you say i guess is even though that opportunity was taken away they didn't just start giving you the opportunities because they still didn't feel comfortable with that but they started being like okay it's she has this big gap here now how can we fill it
1: hmm yeah that's
0: really good
1: yeah that is taking a <laughs> note i'm dropping my pen <laughs> okay <laughs> that's
0: good is there anything you would suggest to someone who was trying to um you know show more attention to their middle children or just be more aware of maybe their needs that are being spoken or unspoken
1: i mean just ask them ask questions i loved when my parents asked me questions and Sometimes as a middle child, sometimes you watch your older siblings and you feel like they're super well-spoken or know how to get something across. And then you look at the littles that are like, just, you know, crying for their needs or whatever, being fussy. And sometimes in the middle, I didn't always know how to communicate the way I was feeling. And daddy started realizing that if he gave me a pen and paper, I would actually be like, give him a truthful answer of where I was at. Um, And it was better for me to sit and write something. And i wrote a lot of letters to my parents even though it was like here's your pen and paper like go write me what i need what you need that was something that was really helpful for me because i couldn't always get it out in words sometimes um and so i feel like if your middle child you don't feel like they're communicating their needs clearly try a different way of connecting with them. Maybe try a different way of communicating with them, either your communication to them or their communication to you. Because the second I would sit down and write something, I'd bring it back, give it to daddy. He would read it and then he would connect with me afterwards. That was really helpful because I felt like my heart was heard without necessarily having to say the words. Because sometimes I didn't want to disappoint my parents in a way. So I didn't want to say certain things out loud where I'm like, this is what I'm feeling. And it's so frustrating, but either I didn't know how, to communicate it correctly, or I didn't want to, cause I didn't want to hurt their feelings. But if I could just write it down, then I was like, I don't know, for some reason I was a lot more bold in the way I communicated my needs and my desires and my, th- the holes that needed to be filled. Um, so that was just, I don't know, something that was beneficial for me as a middle child, for sure. I did a, probably more writing than a lot of you guys, just because I needed that. I needed that so badly. Um, that- That's
0: so good. I feel like this could be a whole episode. I feel like this is just right.
1: You should have had Caroline for on for a middle child episode. I'm taking notes. I know. I want
0: to hear from Caroline and Kimmy and Chloe, for that matter, because you guys have such different personalities in the middle, and that's something that I just I really want to be aware of. Um, I've only become aware of that. that kind of like space and time, I guess so that space in a family since having my own kids and seeing kind of with my current middle son, um, just some tendencies there, there. I'm like, Oh, I saw those in my younger siblings, but like now I'm the parent and I am responsible for this. And, uh, mm-hmm. so anyways, I think that's really, really helpful. And, and I totally relate to the whole writing things down. Sometimes I've written stuff down and then gone and have the conversation. But in the mm-hmm. writing of – I got all the, like, hardcore emotion out. Yeah.
1: I know Kyla does that too, yeah. don't you? Yeah, a lot of times. With, with Adam, with other people, I know – yeah, I have a hard time being, like, forthright. Sometimes, I, like Carol, you said, I don't like to hurt people's feelings or I, I have a hard time getting out what I need to get out. And so writing really helps.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I have to – I have to say too, the most influential letter I have ever received in my life has been from Kyla. (laughs) That was really hard to receive, but the Lord really, really used her uh, to speak into my life and say hard things that needed to be said. Okay. So how do you feel, Kyla, that mama prepared you to keep a house and raise children? Do you feel like you were well-prepared? Do you feel like you weren't? How did she do that?
1: So I think before I had kids, I thought that Mama prepared me by having me make meals occasionally so I knew how to cook and like fostering, just you know, talking to us about the things that she was doing around the house, whether it was decor or like making, oh, this is so important to, you know, get dressed before your husband comes home so he gets to greet a face or whatever, all the little lessons. Um, and then since having children, I feel like it was a hundred percent observation is like just who she was prepared me because there's lessons that I just like in the moment they come to me now of like this is what mommy did I'm gonna try this and I didn't even realize that I was picking all this up and I'm actually kind of shocked how in each new season I feel like she's there still teaching me actively in my house even though I'm just thinking about her and what I observed in that new season it's kind of wild I've written her before and be like mommy I had no idea like I I thought you gave me all these practical skills, which she did. And she did have us do practical things to prepare us to take care of a home and be a wife and mother. Um, But just her example and who she is and was and is, um, I feel like is the thing that she did most to prepare me. Cause I feel like, honestly, there's no footsteps. Like if I could follow her footsteps to a T, I would be more than I ever hoped to be, honestly. (laughs) And so having that example to follow and footprints that I really want to walk in. um, And just, yeah, I feel like that's kind of been the biggest way that she prepared me or she's like prepared the path before me that I'm walking in. So.
0: That is so good. Like you put such good words to that because I've never identified that, but it's so true because I thought about that. I'm like, I felt so prepared to be a mother and a homemaker, but I didn't know how to cook when we got married, you know, like mama forced me to make some meals, but like I never enjoyed it and I never got good at it. (laughs) I did not take her opportunities. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like I had a room that was a mess growing up and I just, I never felt like she domestically, even though she tried, I feel like I, I just didn't take, it didn't take until I got married, um, in my own home, but I just felt so prepared at the same time and I I do think it like you said she just lived it more than more than a mom that is like I'm gonna have my daughters learn x y and z and I'm gonna sit in the back room and like work on my home-based business four hours a day while the house is running out here smoothly like oh I prepared my daughters but I really feel like she prepared us by just living it and um, that is like a high calling (laughs) for our daughters to be able to look too, because those are big shoes to
1: walk in. That's so good. What would you say, Caroline? Well, I feel like too, so much of homemaking is so much more than like, you know, making the meals, getting the laundry done, you know, the basics. It's like the attitude, the ambiance, the feeling that your home gives. And mommy always kept, even though, you know, there were times when our house wasn't just like, Oh, all the laundry was folded or, you know, everything wasn't just done all the time, but she gave a feeling of put togetherness. She gave a feeling of, um, like, I don't know. There was always just this warm, like homey feeling in our home. And I think sometimes I would like, look at our house and be like, okay, it's like all done. It's all clean. But then I'm like, how is my attitude? How is my, like, how's the way I'm treating this? Because I feel like sometimes you can like but grudgingly get the dishes done. Cause you're, you know how to do the dishes, but it's like, is it the attitude and the heart that you want to permeate through your entire house? Is that there? Because I feel like people can home make and then people can make a home and it's like very different. And I think just like you guys were saying, mommy did both super well. She like, you know, taught us how to do laundry. So I didn't feel unprepared in the like practical stuff but some of it I had to, once again, think back to how mommy did things. I was like, she never complained about this. She always had a good attitude. I watched her smile doing a really mundane project. Like she just wasn't a complainer. She wasn't a grumbler. She was not a complainer. And so that's something that's challenged me through my own journey of making a home and being like, keeping myself more in check than like the house in check, you know? Cause I'm like, I can do the physical stuff. It's, it's pretty simple overall. I've, you know, everybody, I feel like has a learning process, even in cooking or whatever. Um, but that's something that you can grow in what you, what is instilled into you as far as character wise, I feel like goes a lot further in those moments of even wanting to figure something out and having a desire to make a home, having the character that's like, no, I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to pursue something because I saw this done well. And even though I'm not doing it as well as mommy did not even close, that's my heart of hearts, you know? And so I feel like, her giving us that desire and each one of us looking at her as like a role model is something that I definitely want my girls to have more so than just like Katie said, knowing how to cook or having a clean room, you know?
0: Yeah, that is, that's just so powerful. I feel like it's such a testament to mommy. And that's also such a testament to mommy when, you know, you say, we're saying like, okay, if we could only do it as well as mommy. And what's funny is her insecurities and how she'll be like, oh, I was so impatient with you guys. I'm like, you were so chill. Like I'm impatient, like, or, um, oh, I have a hard time communicating or, you know, I know she really admires like Caroline's organization. And she's like, Caroline just does such a good job with organizing and the way Kyla does hospitality. And she's always telling me all these things that she didn't feel like, you know, as good as maybe how we're executing in our homes. And to me, I'm just like, it's, it's encouraging to know that everyone feels that you don't feel like, Oh, I just, I just have it all together. And I think that's something that Mama was just always trying to learn and grow. And she's always learning and growing even from us and our homes. And uh, I just admire that so much about her. Mm -hmm. You guys put beautiful words to that though. Okay. So I want to hear real quick, a couple more questions. Um, How did you you both run home-based businesses that are very successful? You do a great job with them. Um, You're raising your children. Your husband's our priority. You're both involved in hospitality. How do you practically do all of those things in a day? How does that look? Who wants to go first? I'll go. go. Okay.
1: So I think two (laughs) things came to mind when I read that question. And one was systems and rhythms. So having overall, I feel like good habits and routines where stuff happens without thinking about it. So I think by nature, you can just get a lot more done because you aren't doing a whole lot of brain or leg work. It's just kind of like, this is just what happens. Um, so I feel like that's a big one for me. I'm pretty structured in routine. And so I feel like I can get a lot done when I operate that way. Um, and then the second thing is seasons and not trying to do all of it all the time, but keeping priorities straight and just trying to I, hey, as long as my, you know, first trimester is going to look different than postpartum is going to look different than when, you know, my youngest is two years old and I'm, you know, second trimester, it's like a really different view. And so to take each season and make sure you work your priorities backwards and, hey, what do, if I only have this much energy, where is it going? Um, and so just kind of trying to lot, talk with Adam and work together and pray about, hey, where does my time go? And energy need to be spent, and really not be afraid to scale back at times, knowing that it's just a season. And chances are, in a month or two, things will be different, and you can ramp right back up to a full plate um, or shift the plates around again. And so, those are kind of the two things that I feel like allow me to operate, or that I try to operate within, to keep the most important things, the most important things, but still get to do other things that I enjoy and find a lot of different ways to myself busy and interested with life engaged
0: (laughs) yeah i love that i feel like that's something we grew up with was well daddy did things for short periods of time because they kept him very interested so at a very high level he would immerse in something very strongly and i think of that time you know when he was like okay why don't you girls we had the one harp and he was like practice three hours of harp a day you'll get really good you could play for weddings And we got to cut out all the rest of our school aside from math, right? So that harp was going for nine hours a day uh, for like three months or something. And then we started playing for weddings. But sometimes those, I don't think any of us are scared of dropping things for a season and picking it back up. Over a lifetime, you can be very consistent if during your second trimester, you're always doing a lot or you're always growing a business and then you put it in maintenance mode for postpartum or a first trimester. And then, you know, it's like you aren't totally dropping balls. It's just you're pursuing them at higher and lower paces um, based off what's best for your family. And I've experienced thinking that the opposite was true that I had to maintain this high level in order to maintain consistency and burning out and learning that, importance of seasons is super, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Especially kind of as a mom. Taking back
1: yeah. the season thing, like real when you realize what season you're in and are just honest and frank with yourself, then it's really hard to like, not you, you start to prioritize differently because instantly you're like, I know what season is kind of coming up. You can kind of project it. You know, if you know, you're almost about to give birth, you should, you know, maybe start working on systems they're going to be, start working for you over the next three months of you needing to heal and be with your new baby. You know? So I think that was something that I had to like realize what season I'm in and then be like, what do I need to be doing now to prepare myself for the next season? So I don't feel like I'm dropping balls or feeling behind. Um, and then this, the second thing, something that I learned through this random training that I took in December, it's totally transformed the way I view every season that I'm in. And it's living your life out of um oh my gosh now I'm gonna forget my words hmm let me think about this hang on oh don't live your life out of motivation but out of um oh my word what is my word there's a good word. we need the punchline no (laughs) I know it's so good not motivation but um oh my goodness I want to say intentionality but that's not the word um, anyways, okay. I give us, give us box. the
0: quote and we're going to put it in the description box
1: because people need to hear I will, this. I need to really hear it. Good. Um, but I stopped living so much out of like a place of needing to be motivated, I guess. Cause I think sometimes people are like, well, how do you keep up the motivation to do what you do? And it's like, no, I'm not just, I'm not motivated to my life. Oh, committed. There you go. Don't live a life out of motivation, but out of commitment. There we go. Um, And if you think about it, you know, you're committed to your spouse. So you're going to walk out loving them differently than if you had to be motivated every single day, you know, to love out your spouse. And when I heard that, I was like, that's so true. Some days I just feel so unmotivated, but it's not motivation that gets me up in the morning to do the mundane things that i need to get done that day or some of the things that i don't want to do it's like i am committed to my life i'm committed to making the changes i'm committed to seeing certain things through and so out of that commitment is how i view my life and how i want to work with my life um and for me as a mother for sure i'm not motivated to do certain things every day you know just really not um and so not needing to find that motivation i think sometimes it's easy to waste time finding somebody to go hype you up to do the 10 minute task that you could have done faster if you just put your head down and do it. And I think that was something that even mommy was great at doing. She just did the thing. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go try to find, you know, so many things are available to us. Either a motivational speak, a podcast, something. People are always searching for the tell me what I need to do. You know what you need to do. It's just going and doing that thing. And it's difficult at times because you don't want to. And so you burn other energy and other time, wasting time on something that you already could have had done. And so when I started looking at things like that, I started evaluating my life and was like, how many times have I wasted time instead of just doing the thing that I need to do, trying to get myself hyped up or motivated, instead of just being like, no, I'm committed to having a clean house or I'm committed to spending time with my kiddos or I'm committed to making my spouse feel loved. Um, and when you work from that place, it's a lot easier to just do. And sometimes it just takes the doing, you know? Um, so for me, that was a really helpful concept that I just recently had this like aha moment of like, this is so true. Like, this is what I need to live my life as, um, and now you,
0: and now you guys know why Caroline is such a motivational coach. I'm hyped up right now. (laughs) I'm motivated uh, by you. No, that is so true because that's what everyone wants to know is how do you maintain a high level of life when you're unmotivated or how do you get motivated? We all want to know how do you get motivated and motivated is really the icing on the cake for successful people, whether that's high achieving mothers or high achieving anybody. The people that are ultimately successful in the long run like you said, are doing it out of commitment, doing it because they value the relationship, the end result, the journey, whatever it is, the transformation and the process. And when the motivation comes along, you leverage that like a sail and go as fast as you can. And then when it's dead, you just sail by Ash Breeze, which we learned in <laughs> Nathaniel about it. You pull out the paddle and you just keep going. <laughs> that yeah. is so good. Thank you, Caroline okay so the last thing i want to end on real quick nap times have really gone well either that or <laughs> i don't know like coordinating all the baby schedules i'm just i'm just thrilled with how this has gone um have you ever felt in, unfulfilled in motherhood or like you lost yourself have you ever gone through a season of that um kyla or caroline
1: yeah i definitely i have for a very short period and i'm thankful we were able to acknowledge, um, I think once again, that kind of goes back to mommy. I feel like she always had interest and very much was like a mother, but then also a creator in so many different ways. And she did not just give herself to the tasks of domestic, I don't know, or just like to mothering. She never felt like she loved herself. She was very much an individual and always learning things and kept that individuality. Um, so when uh, there was a season right after Harvey, where I was like, it was right in postpartum, probably like eight weeks. He wasn't, you know, nothing was going that he was a lot harder. Um, and I just wasn't sleeping. I'm like, babe, I literally, I used to feel like an athlete and a musician and I was an employee or like all these other titles I've had throughout my life. And if I look at my fingers right now, I only feel like a mother, like that's it. Um, and that's probably the only time I felt that way. And it was a really short couple of weeks and he immediately worked with me to like, okay, well, like what can we take off your plate? How can I get you to feel like a little spark? Do you need to just go out with your sister? I think it was, we were in Portland at the time. It was like, do you just need to go hang out with her? Would that make you feel young again? Like, what is it? I was like, I'm just like a tired old lady and I'm 26. You know? Um, so he worked with me to kind of like figure out ways to kind of bring like, okay, well, what are some of your interests? What are the things that you love? Let's go back to those. Let's revisit that. Um, and it really was just a short season, and I'm grateful. Um, and it really quickly, I think, just identifying the fact that I felt that way, and then kind of looking to all the other areas that make me me. Um, you know, I'm like, I I used to climb mountains. I like had this leather. <laughs> like, what do I do now? Like, <laughs> um, so I've definitely felt that way, but fortunately, I haven't spent most of my time mothering in that position. Kind of been able to change gears and get back to feeling kind of the root, some of the other aspects of who I am. So. Yeah.
0: I could totally relate to that. When I, it was when I was pregnant with my fourth and I was just like, I'm so matronly like, well, it didn't help that Elisha kept saying, oh, when we were young, when we were young, he kept saying that, like we're so old now. And I'm like, I'm 27. Stop saying that about me. <laughs> but the energy does come back. And that's something it's almost helpful when you've gone through those seasons sometimes because if you go through it again or maybe win, it's easier to be like, you know what, like I'm feeling this way right now, but it's not necessarily reality just because it's a real feeling and I can take steps to feel young again.
1: You will not feel like a milk cow forever. Like you move past that, you can you come back together. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. What about you, Caroline? I think, well, I had two. One was when I was first, well, like second, third trimester with Quincy. I just felt like, so I was, it was just weird because we'd go anywhere and there was like, you know, all these girls that were probably my age or older than me. And I just felt huge and slow. And I was just like, I don't feel I don't I don't feel my age. I didn't feel my age for quite a time. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm only 21. And I feel like I'm ancient. Um, And I just had, I had to like, kind of back up and just be like, I'm in a totally different season of life. And it's great. And it's awesome. But there was times when getting married so young, and then having a baby right off the bat, where I just felt like, I jumped, jumped seasons really fast. And it went from like, oh, you were single and had your like, you know, flying around the U S doing whatever I did for the longest time to like, oh, I'm at home within my four walls, you know, and we only have one car. So I don't go a lot of places if Austin was working. So he was like out and I was just like, and I'm just huge and pregnant in here in my house by myself. And it was kind of a lonely season for me at the time. Cause I also had moved to a different state and it was like, I didn't have a really established community. So it's just kind of like jolly old me just in, in my house. And that was kind of a low season. And then right after we had Quincy, actually we had, we have a great community now, but they're all young couples, like just it, literally in the same season of life as us. Only we were the only ones with a baby. And so they would like invite us to do something. And I was like, How am I gonna do this with a kid? Like, and I so wanted to say yes and like do all the things. And I was like, it's right during our nap time, or like we can't keep her up that late or go do whatever. And it, I've always had a hard time saying no. That's something that my husband is far better at. Um, and so I'm always like, Yes, let's go do it. And then it's like I felt almost held back for a time by and I was like I just don't have the freedom like at least when she was inside of me we could go you know hang out with our young couple's friends because you know they didn't have kids either um and that was actually a really low moment for me and I just came and started bawling to Austin I was just like I shouldn't feel like this at 21 like how this is so not okay and he really really helped honestly having an awesome husband I'm sure you girls can relate that just like gets you and is willing to do something to help. And, you know, he was like, okay, why don't I just watch the baby you go out with some girls and I don't know, do something for a moment. It was really, really helpful to just kind of like get that breath of pressure and be like, I'm fine. I love my child. Being a mom is great. Um, but it has felt weird. I think all of us got married really young and had kids pretty much right off the bat. And so I'm sure at different times you guys have felt the same way. But well, I, yeah, I was you're saying that
0: one, yes. Having a husband that is like, I just feel so blessed that not only do I feel so loved by my husband, but that my sisters are too, like, and just seeing the ways your husbands love you and support you, like what a gift that is. But, um, I think of two things. Kyle and I both married older men (laughs) or they're a few years older. And so I feel like it pulled us up. I don't know. I could speak for myself into an older friend group where people were having kids. Um, and so, you, both you and Austin are both very young. So your friend group was like very young where I just feel like I started hanging out with the 30 year olds. Like <laughs> yeah, that's what happened for me. But there, are, there were still moments and I will say there are still moments sometimes still being under 30 where I'll like go and I'll see a girl in her 20s, you know, and she's got like a tiny little waist and is wearing this cute outfit or something. And I am just like, I feel so much like a mom right now, you know? And like, I wanna be cute and skinny too. And there's there's seasons for that, but I think that has taken me off guard too. When you're young and you see other people that are like footloose and fancy free and young, and you just have like responsibility written all over you. Um, but again, it's four seasons, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so funny, the thing on the mom thing that made me think of is Adam uses mom as like it's like a very he'll like use it to compliment it like oh you look like such a this mom and like i never took it the right way because i'm like babe like that's what i think in my mind like i see other ladies and i see you and i'm like i am such a mom <laughs> you know like not not the best things of what a mom are but just kind of like i am so usually it's like not i'm not thinking of it in a positive light but he like uses it as a compliment anyways it t- has taken me a while and i think it's really sweet now that i've come to embrace like that's so awesome that you think me being so mom, is like, it's so attractive. <laughs> to but it took a while for me, like reframe that in my mind. Like, I was like, <laughs> I like a <your> compliment.
0: <laughs> that is so great. Oh, girls, thank you so much for getting on today. Obviously, we could talk for forever. It makes me sad that we live in Idaho and Kentucky. And I mean, Caroline's in Idaho, but she might as well be in another state. People don't realize you're still like over seven hours away yeah um but anyways thank you so much i'm gonna put down below where people can learn more about you guys um follow (laughs) because honestly like i genuinely am so encouraged by my relationship with you and i know that other people are going to be genuinely encouraged too by just the wisdom that you've shared on this call so i get we're all young and get I me mean, caroline you're really young but just your wisdom beyond your years and i'm so thankful for you so thanks for jumping on
1: thanks for having me <laughs>